Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. I think for this episode I feel like we should have some sort of like myst- you know mysterious moon music in yeah, the that beginning. Be playing right now. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Moon Mystery. Yeah. Vibes and so we'll be searching. Yeah, exactly. Moon Mystery Ambiance. Royalty free. Sorry, I'm just, if you heard a noise, I'm just moving the ironing board closer to us. This is the ironing board podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. Brought to you on a cheap industrial... <laughs> <laughs> Ironing board. board. Every time I look at our setup, maybe we should take a picture of it, but every time I look at our setup, I feel like it's about to collapse. And we've got such expensive, <laughs> expensive goods on it. we got our laptop, our livelihood, mm-hmm. our microphone. Maybe I'll quickly take a snapshot for the Instagram so peeps can appreciate. <laughs> yeah, but... Today's episode is, I guess, kind of following off the string of our previous episode. And if you haven't seen that, that's the Inner Earth Conspiracy Part 1 and 2. Um, And this is kind of a mishmash of a lot of different theories, but it's basically a hollow moon theory that the moon... But more than that, it's that the moon isn't really what it seems. And I, when doing my research for this, I just kind of compiled a mishmash of all these different uh, theories and interviews and sources. So um, there's kind of a, 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 I've tried to maintain a steady stream of a single narrative, but my notes are kind of chaos, so you're gonna really be just getting what you're gonna get. And well, there's so many theories about the moon. You know, we yeah. even touched on that really out there one of the moon is plasma a few episodes back. Uh-huh. And there's always people supporting these different ideas, so it's really, and you know, and people who are scientists and stuff supporting such a variation of concepts and ideas about the moon that it's really hard to know you know, what to believe and where to settle. And obviously we're told a certain narrative as well. And to stray from that is is thought to be pretty crazy to not believe in maybe the moon landing or, you know, there's many things. There's so yeah. many ideas out there about the moon. And after doing some research on this episode, you know, when I first started getting into conspiracy theories, I was like, oh yeah, the moon landing could have been faked. But after getting into this episode, I think the moon landing was real, 
but they did shoot extra footage in some studios. That's what they're claiming now. They do yeah. admit to that now. So again, they're sort of claiming that narrative to. Yeah, so it could be, it could well be the case. It just seems really crazy to do at a time like that. When was yeah. it? The sixties. Yeah. So, basically, the heart of this theory is that Earth's moon is actually terraformed and an engineered piece of hardware that has a three-mile-thick layer of dust and rock, and beneath this layer, the moon is believed or said to have around a solid shell 20 miles long of a highly resistant material such as titanium, uranium-236, and neptunium-237. Um, so basically this theory is, okay, we got a lot of dust and debris on the surface, and there's a 20 mile thick metal crust, and then inside- It's hollow. It's hollow. <laughs> oh, that, I would just guess that by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like the hollow earth theory. Yeah. Ex yes. The hollow moon theory. It yeah, is. you guessed it. <laughs> Here we go. Inner moon. Inner moon. <laughs> yeah. So, what is in the moon? That's still being debated. But I've got a whole schmuckle worth of evidence for you guys today and a lot of different stories. So, we're going to try and piece together the puzzle, and by the end of this episode, We'll try and come to some sort of cohesive, what we think is going on there. So let's dive right into it. To start us off, I wanted to kind of allude to the mystery by quoting a scientist from NASA, Robin Brett. And he said, Quote, it seems easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than its existence. So already right there, we're kind of getting off to a mysterious start. NASA is having trouble explaining the existence of the moon. And there are several reasons why. Because of certain irregularities that the moon has, especially compared to other moons within not just our solar system, but throughout the universe. So I have a picture here that I'm just showing Helki and we'll put on our Instagram, which is just like a, it's like a rendition of what could be inside the moon. And it looks kind of like a Death Star base yeah. with uh, like a, almost like a giant spaceship. But let's get into these irregularities. So the first one is that the moon seems engineered. The Apollo missions and subsequent moon landings have been at the center of controversy and conspiracy for years. So there's been a debate to whether we actually landed on the moon. Um, and there's no denying that NASA has actually been hiding certain information from us, whether it be photos, videos, etc., even of the Earth. So, um, but amidst all this quarreling and speculation, there are some strange features on the moon that have puzzled scientists and conspiracy theorists alike. Uh, twisted my tongue a little. So, towards the end of the Apollo missions, 
NASA astronauts placed seismic recording devices on the lunar surface because they wanted to document some artificial and natural moonquakes. And their equipment recorded activity ranging from meteorite strikes to man-made explosions and crash landings of Apollo rockets. So they made they purposefully crash landed Apollo rockets onto the moon to record the seismic activity. Um, and even the sun's heat created seismic activity when it caused the moon to thaw on a daily basis. So astronauts were given a whole bunch of equipment to test this. They were also given, they were also sent rockets onto the moon, which was produced a force that was equivalent to 12 tons of TNT. And what they found stumped them. Instead of getting a typical reading like you might find on Earth or another planetary surface, they found that the moon rang like a bell, reverberating sometimes for hours at a time. And so they didn't know much about the moon's material composition, and they were astounded when they heard the results. Immediately, they began to realize that the moon's density was significantly less in proportion to Earth's and wasn't behaving like a planet or a typical moon should. The, sorry, that's one of the notifications. <laughs> Um, on Helki's computer. Oh God, <laughs> it was you this time. Um, so yeah, basically for the moon to ring, it has to have a significantly less density and it has to have the properties of something hollow, like a bell where there's this like vacant space within it. So the moon is little more than one quarter the size of the earth and um, but of all the moons in the solar system ours is the fifth largest so no other planet that we're aware of has a moon that is as proportionally big as ours all other planets with moons the size of ours are like massive gas giants so that's already one uh, strange thing but when the moon rang, according to Ken Johnson, who was a supervisor of the data and the photo control department, um, he said the moon not only rang like a bell, but the whole moon wobbled in such a precise way that it was, quote, almost as though it had gigantic hydraulic damper struts inside it. Hmm. So... It was wobbling as if to account for the sudden impact. Like, imagine earthquake-resistant buildings. Yeah. You know how they shake? Kind of like that. So, with these hydraulic damper struts within it. So, Neptune is the closest in size with a moon that big. And Neptune's four times the size of Earth. The moon is said to be... 2,100 miles in di diameter compared to the Earth's 8,000 miles in diameter. So, but the mass of the moon is only 1.2% of the Earth's. And the volume is only 2% of the Earth's. So it's huge. It's like 
a quarter the size of Earth, but it's only 1.2% of its weight. So that's suggesting that there's a strange mass in relation to what it is. It should have a lot, much larger mass. So that means maybe there's, it's actually doesn't have like a core and um, all these different layers like, like Earth does. Um, so NASA did some research onto the kind of chemical composition and they said there was around a 31 mile crust of minerals like plagioclase, don't know what that is, a mantle of olivine, pyroxene, and a small core of iron and sulfur. This is NASA, what they're releasing. So I don't know if we can trust them. Because um, when Apollo astronauts first landed on the moon, they had difficulty drilling into the surface of the craters, which are anomalies in themselves. The craters are thought, you know, the craters we see on the moon are thought to be a result of meteorite and asteroid impacts, meaning there should be certain proportion between their depth and width. But instead, the wide craters have similar depths to significantly narrower craters, with some even appearing convex instead of concave. So concave is when, like a bowl, you know, it's yeah. like... It's going inwards and up like a bowl. But some of the bottom of these craters are concave instead, like a hill. Yeah, like So it doesn't make sense that a meteor struck the surface to create these because there's strange anomalies in the way that these craters are forming. And... When the astronauts attempted to drill into the craters, they, were, they couldn't penetrate the surface with their tools, which meant that there was some sort of really hard material at the bottom of it. And they discovered metals, but not just metals, processed metals, things that don't occur naturally, like brass, mica, and pure titanium. So there's countless other pieces of evidence from astronomers and... NASA began to reveal that some two to three miles down, there were these dense layers of metals, and the only real conclusive theory is that the moon was hollow, with a shell about 20 miles thick, mostly metal, and found that there was, a, like, that there were mascons, I'm not sure what those are, but they they had a higher concentration of mass and were causing fluctuations in gravity that have never been explained by NASA. So that's one of the strange abnormalities. Second, the moon has elements that it should not have. In 1970, Mikhail Vassin and Alexander Sherbakov of the Soviet Academy of Science wrote an article called, Is the Moon the Creation of Alien Intelligence? which is interesting coming from scientists. Mm. And it was a very interesting article that asked some important questions. How is it possible that the surface of the moon is so hard and why does it contain minerals like titanium? Mysteriously, there are some lunar rocks that have been found to contain even more processed minerals, such as brass, like I said before, but also uranium-236 
and Neptunium-237 that have never been found to occur naturally in all of our history. These are produced things from you know nuclear reactors, from fusion, stuff like that. And yet there are loads of traces of them on the moon. So uranium-236 is a radioactive nuclear waste which is found in spent nuclear and reprocessed uranium. And neptunium-237 is a radioactive metallic element and is the byproduct of nuclear reactors and the production of plutonium. So we have to ask the question, what is happening on Earth's moon that are producing these these not these processed chemicals and from where are these elements and minerals coming from yeah like maybe there's people there or beings of some kind who are doing some kind of testing and that seems like it could be like playing around with nuclear energies and stuff that they wouldn't get away with on earth possibly yeah possibly um we'll kind of extrapolate on some of these abnormalities as we go deeper down the rabbit hole but so far we'll just lead leave you with these kind of open facts and questions so number three earth's moon does not have a solid core like every other planetary object Research are, researchers are nearly 100% sure that the moon is in fact hollow or has a very low intensity interior. Yeah, I've heard the hollow moon theory before. I've heard that, um, you know, like there's like sort of maybe that's like a place that the, um, what's that group of like mixed group of aliens? The Galactic Federation. Yeah, the Galactic Federation frequent there, and there's like a team of guides that work there, and you know, you can't. There's been a lot of people who have claimed to have astral projected there, um, and even I have used those guides. Like I've done manifestations where, well, not manifestations actually, more like prayers, um, where I'm sort of using the guides in the moon. Or the moon energy but like as if there's beings there that can help because everyone can see the moon right so it's always accessible I feel like it's a good and um, bouncing point when you're trying to send telepathic messages and stuff because I was trying to send telepathic healing and um, and I was using the moon mm. so yeah I feel like it's definitely possible that there's something going on whether it's like more spiritual or now listening to this is making me think it's more uh government and yeah so there are theories that our moon is not our original moon and in 1970 the same um scientists these russians vasin and sherbakov sherbakov who they, they call the moon a satellite, and they're theorizing it was put in by a highly advanced extra, extraterrestrial race, that it's, it was almost like put there as a base or to help 
um, kind of regulate things on Earth. Well, it's a good place to survey things, right? Yeah. Like, I can definitely believe that because they're just in the perfect spot to be surveying everything on Earth if there's going to be anything out of whack, any big explosions. They're not going to miss it. They'll be able to act on that straight away. And then, yeah. I I don't know, though, because it's like... (laughs) A part of me thinks, yeah, that's possible, but then another part of me is like, well, aliens can sort of, um, with consciousness, like travel via that, but via their consciousness, and they don't need to necessarily be nearby mm. um, to tra- travel time and stuff. Yeah. Well, it might not be purely an observational. Whether day. it's there, to, where the aliens have created it for humans to use, because humans mm. haven't advanced to the state where they can use their consciousness because I do think you have to move as a collective for those sort of abilities to really um, come through. Hmm. So, yeah, that could be a possibility. So, okay, here's one interesting thing. Without the moon orbiting precisely where it is, life on Earth wouldn't exist, or at least it wouldn't evolve to the point that it has. It's been estimated that 10% of all terrestrial planets in the universe have an Earth... So, like, only 10% have an Earth-to-Moon ratio like ours, which provides the stability that is necessary to maintain a climate that can harbor life. So the Moon is crucial to regulating Earth's climate. And the size of it is in such a way that it affects our axial tilt or the way that earth wobbles on its axis and changing by a single degree over the course of a thousand years. But this regulation um, to one degree of movement is necessary for this climate stability. Without the moon's balance, the earth could tilt as much as 85 degrees every million years or so causing drastic changes. This would adjust the orientation of the Earth to the Sun so significantly that the Sun would shift to be situated directly over the poles rather than the equator where it currently is, and life could not evolve doing such radical shifts. Mm. Now, I've heard of this pole shift theory in the past, and that that was what caused the extinction of the dinosaurs, the ice yeah, age, those things like that. So was it possible that this makes me think like was our earth going through these extreme wobbles like these 85 degree shifts every million years or so and in the past and then something came, brought the moon in and then all of a sudden we're on a stable 1 degree tilt. Yeah. And it seems very benevolent to have done that because it would mean that we can evolve and advance here. Yeah. Whereas, like you say, we wouldn't be able to. Yeah. So another weird fact is that the moon has been proven to be older than the Earth. Okay, then that just kind of throws the other idea completely out. Unless... The moon was made um, 
millions and billions and billions of years ago and then brought to earth mm -hmm. at a certain point in time but researchers know that the moon is between 4.6 to 5.2 billion years old which is older than the earth by 800,000 years and the orbit of the earth's moon is really really strange it is the only moon in our solar system that has a stationary perfect circular orbit orbit it's the the moon does not spin like natural celestial bodies it doesn't share any other characteristics with any other moons found in our solar system and that is why we have this thing called the dark side of the moon because we actually no matter where we are on the planet no matter what time of year we're only seeing one side of the moon mm -hmm. the moon doesn't spin it just rotates in a perfect circular orbit only showing one side so it's really strange like it's it doesn't act like any of doesn't the other doesn't spin at all doesn't spin at all strange and it's like all the planets all the moons you know it's... i knew we only saw one side of it but i thought it could be because it's like a reflective material so it's always going to look the same or that it's spun like a clock you know like a clock does hmm yeah so that you're still gonna only see one side yeah so yeah it's really strange like i always imagined like I, I was like oh the dark side of the moon that's just the side of the moon that we don't see at that point in time right no but i knew it, that, that we never saw one side yeah. of the moon i just didn't know that it, that it was because it didn't spin yeah so if we think about our solar system and you know some of the planets like the big gas giants have like 100 like 20 plus moons and they all act how they are meant to spinning on their axis and rotating around the planet mm. the our moon is the only one that doesn't do that I don't know how it manages that well it could be those those hydraulic stabilizers maybe it has this something within it that's stopping it from rotating yeah but why would it be doing that and it begs the question what's on the other side yeah so yeah we're going back to this the lunar rocks have been found with much more titanium rock like they're titanium rich there's so much titanium um, within the rocks on the moon compared to earth um, and we use titanium in supersonic jets deep diving deep diving submarines and spacecraft um, there was this Nobel Prize winner for chemistry called Dr. Dr. Harold Uri and he said quote terribly puzzled by the rocks astronauts found on the moon and their titanium content the samples were unimaginable and mind-blowing since research could not account for the presence of titanium. So a lot of scientists are being stumped by what we're finding on the moon. We don't know why these process metals are appearing. And the last of these in this 
particular list of these abnormalities is the pr precise position of the moon. If all of the above points didn't really get you questioning the weirdness of the moon, here are a couple more. So, Do you feel like the wind chimes are going to be distracting? I do hear the wind chimes quite loudly. Yeah, I, can... I was watching them going on that. Okay. We don't know if you guys like the wind chimes, but we're just going to close the door. You can carry on. And I'll on. carry on. So, basically, the moon's position is really strange. It has a precise altitude, course, and speed, allowing it to function properly in regards to planet Earth. So, to put it simply, the moon should not be where it currently is. Everything points to the possibility that the Earth's moon was in fact placed into its current orbit in the distant past. The moon's unnatural orbit and irregular composition raises hundreds of questions that no one in NASA, astronomers, geologists have been able to answer. So, without the moon's position, orbit, everything, life on Earth would not have been able to evolve and continue to where it is today. Now we're going to get into some of the moon landings and some of the strange things that people have been reporting. So in 1968, Apollo 8 moved into orbit around the moon. The astronauts spotted a colossal extraterrestrial object, which then disappeared on the next orbit. Hmm. Photographs were taken, but they weren't released to the publish, public. And on another occasion, when the lunar excursion module was down to four to five miles from the moon's surface, astronauts witnessed a UFO suddenly rising from a crater, only to rapidly disappear. In 1969, Buzz Aldrin was checking the lunar surface from orbit when two UFOs appeared, moved towards the Apollo rocket, hovered nearby, then, to Aldrin's astonishment, the UFOs joined to form one entity. Moving on a couple more, astronauts of Apollo 11 saw a space fleet of UFOs lined up in a crater. And almost every moon mission involved encounters with UFOs or UFO sightings, not to mention the discovery of many bases on the moon's surface. Patrick Moore, who is an astronomer, discovered 100 dome-like buildings and about 1,000 such bases of dome-like structures with diameters of over 700 feet have been witnessed. There was also this a sighting of a 12-mile bridge-like structure over the Sea of Crisis, which is this place on the moon that they've named that. And in 1954, um, an astronomer called Morris K. Jessup realized that UFOs had bases on the moon, and so did the government. How did he discover that, though? by observation and a lot of these are just claims yeah, from like, people what, what did he see 
Well, the thing is, a lot of the photos that are being taken by NASA, there were even high quality recordings of the uh, landings on the moon. The ones that were broadcasted to people on Earth were like really fuzzy images because they were being sent directly from the moon to like Australia and then zipped back up to somewhere to across the globe. And so a lot of the quality was lost, but they had really high definition recordings of everything. And when people went to uh, find them, they were lost and missing. And there were photos taken of the moon that are purposefully have been edited and all of that. And we'll be getting into more of that later. So Dr. Frank Harris um, observed some strange lunar phenomenon and he reported seeing a black body on the surface 250 miles long and 50 miles wide. Clouds and lightning, strange moving shadows and objects, and spire-like structures thousands of feet high. He also saw a huge boulder with tracks behind it from inside a crater to the rim uphill. So so you're seeing these like what looked like tracks in the crater. He also um, observed one of the craters, which was called Luna, um, shrinking over a period of time by, and the hill was like shrinking and disappearing over the course of a few hours. And yeah, so there's just tons of things that people have like reported that have either, you know, just been suppressed or lost and all of that. So, and professional astronomers have been discouraged from investigating these observations and they're referred to as transient, transient lunar phenomenon. Just unexplainable, transient lunar events. Let's just call it that and forget about it, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we, we want to find out, you know, how can we explain what's happening? You can't. This is what <laughs> it is. You can't explain it. Just forget about it, guys. <laughs> and they always say it's like, oh, it's a trick of the camera or it's uh, something this. And transient loon... Don't look into it, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Yeah, just get a drink. But it's my job, and that's like the closest, plant, like mass to us, the closest moon to us. Shouldn't no, we just, just look over, it? just look over there. No. <laughs> so for centuries, people have been reporting seeing flashing lights on the moon, and these are part of these transient lunar phenomenon, and they come in different colors, all emanating from a specific area on the moon. And the activity is intermittent, so it's not all the time. But sometimes people see an amber light that may just suddenly appear and disappear seconds later. And once telescopes were invented in 1608, astronomers became even more fascinated with these flashing lights. And the majority of this activity is around Aristarchus. Aristarchus, which is a giant crater about the size of the Grand Canyon on the moon. And so many people report seeing a fog bank or cloud oddity on the moon. Monitoring 
instruments that were left behind collected data and found that there was a cloud of water vapor along the moon. And this occurred in March 7th of 1971. This cloud drifted over the surface of the moon and remained detectable for 14 hours. The cloud encompassed approximately 100 square miles. And But the weird thing is that on the moon, there's supposed to be virtually no atmosphere at all and being a near perfect vacuum there. So finding water vapor in such an amount is really strange. Mm. How did this weird giant cloud get there? It was it a cloud? Hmm. Yeah. Could have been like disguising something. Could have been in a cloud because there could be water there. Who knows? And, never know. We're and, not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> NASA itself commissioned a secret special report called Technical Report R277, which was the chronological catalog of reported lunar events. And they studied lunar events dating back to 1500 BCE, all the way up till recent times. And sometimes there's like hundreds and hundreds of years of reported lunar events why would nasa just dive in and start digging up all these because yeah of course they want to know more about the moon but why are they hiding that information so there was a little map with some location of lunar phenomenon and So they also began to observe the moon and they found that um, there was all sorts of events from lightning, glows, streaks, mist, vapors, beacons, pulses of light, moving lights, volcanoes, beams, clouds, tracks. So crazy amount of stuff have just have been observed on the moon and it makes me really want to just go out and look at the moon now. <laughs> Yeah, and well, it was a full moon like, last night, I think, so you should be able to get a good look at the moon tonight, but looking at it now, it's really overcast. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these events have not just been one-offs, but have been seen repeatedly and sometimes for long durations of time, extending for months and sometimes over several years. Um, witnessed by far more than just one guy with a telescope. They're so common now that NASA has coined the term, like we said before, transient lunar <laughs> phenomena. But what are they? Um, of course, scientists have determined if they're... The, NASA's just like, oh, there was just some sort of leftover volcanic activity, but... Scientists are like, um, if there was any volcanoes on the moon, that would have ceased like billions of years ago. So um, we don't know what you're talking about. And astronomers, according to report, um, saw these bizarre things that just can't be explained. And NASA's not trying to do any... Um, 
explanation of it. They're just saying that these flashing lights and many other oddities are just, you know, weird tricks of the light or reflections and stuff like that. But about 60% of the activity of these lunar phenomenon are happening happening in that crater, um, that Aristarchus crater. So one thing that's been reported many times on the Aristarchus crater is the blue gem. And the crater has um, been seen to have these bluish glows. And you can see a picture here oh, yeah. of one of them. There are some pictures that get leaked. And these blue flashes of light, blue beacons and blue pulses are... Yeah, that's why they've been called the blue gem because it's on this one crater. Very interesting. So there was this one debriefing log that was taken from astronauts when they first landing on the moon with Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. And they discussed that there was one request to them, which was to look into the Aristarchus crater and to see if they, quote, could see any glow or evidence of observations that had been made by people on the ground. Aldrin concluded that the lights around the and emanating from Aristarchus were brighter than anything else we could see in either directions. They also mentioned that the photos taken during this trip could shed light on what they had seen. But the photos are either missing or of such poor quality it is difficult to use them in a meaningful way. Hmm. So there are photos that are taken in low resolution and highly pixelated. And even though these have been released, people have still found dome structures within the crater. And seeing this electric blue color emanating from it and from the dome-like structures within the crater itself. And this is a strong indication that the dome-shaped structures are some sort of energy reactors um, and possible evidence of ancient alien cities on the moon. Ken Johnson, a former NASA staffer who says he was in charge of destroying NASA's moon photos following the missions in 1970. And he apparently claimed to have kept a lot of the incriminating photos to himself, which proved alien presence on the moon. And he still lectures and says NASA and the US government have altered their moon photos to eliminate ancient alien structures. <laughs> NASA is so shady. I feel like we could do a whole episode of like NASA are shady expose episode because there's just so many things. That yeah. So astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who is a member of the Apollo 14 crew, has gone on record repeatedly 
to say he's personally aware of alien encounters covered up by NASA. He told The Telegraph in 2008 that he'd taken, he'd talked to sources at NASA that described the aliens as little people who look strange to us. <laughs> and this is a quote from Edgar Mitchell. He says, I happen to have been privileged enough to be on, to be in on the fact that we've been visited on this planet and the UFO phenomenon is real. On top of a cover-up, NASA's spokesman played down Mitchell's com comments as usual, saying, NASA is not involved in any sort of cover-up about alien life on this planet or anywhere in the universe. Well, yeah, if it's a cover-up, <laughs> they're not going to admit it, are they? Exactly. So, there's this one video that I wanted to show, which is an actual interview... Um, it's actually a recording and it's a recording from Mitchell and him talking about some of the structures on the moon. So I'm just going to play a little bit of it for you now. I estimate the humans up there, uh, there's to be a, a quarter of a billion uh, people up there, but not, not only on the far side, but on the near side. A lot of people refer to uh, every once in a while somebody will come on and say, I hear there's a base on the far side. Not a base, there's all kinds of uh, towns, all kinds of uh, cities there. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, before I put that spaceport, I put a picture of Damozo. Damozo is on the uh, uh, near side, uh, it's uh, on the left side of the moon, looking at looking at the moon, and it's a huge city. And if you look on my Facebook page and uh, page down to uh, Damozo, I put three or four pictures of this. Now I don't remember where I got such a good uh, uh, a good uh, photograph because the ones in uh, the lunar orbiter books isn't that good. But the one I posted is fantastic, and it just shows hundreds of buildings and and uh, streets and all kinds of stuff there. But there's a lot of stuff going on on the moon there, and NASA, of course, tries to tell us that uh, there's only one. Uh, the gravity is one sixth that of Earth. That's wrong because Newton was wrong because he felt that uh, gravity was made uh, directly uh, uh, affected by the mass and the size of a planet. It has nothing to do with the mass or the size, and the actual gravity on the moon is 68.71% uh, of Earth's gravity. Uh, and uh, it has a breathable atmosphere. And in the next, uh, tomorrow I'm posting a photo that was taken by the Yerkes Observatory in 1946 and uh, up towards the north uh, part of the, the moon to the northwest of Endymion, there was a huge, huge explosion. And you could see in this explosion, you could see uh, dirt and debris and dust and vapor and whatever is there uh, going in a vertical column all the way to the top of the atmosphere. Now, 
breathable atmosphere, and it's only about 15,000 to 18,000 uh, feet high. And this accounts for, uh, some people say, well, there can't be an atmosphere because we can't see it with an occultation. I'll just stop it there and um, possibly choose some of the best clips uh, from that That is really interesting. Like, um, I did struggle to see the city. Well, that's not his actual photos. Oh, okay. That's the photos that just some guy making. He, okay. from an in, he, the interview was separate, and then this guy yeah. on whoever on YouTube just... I think he would find the same photos, though. Yeah. Did you see the original photos? I haven't. Okay. Gotta look for them, apparently. So, what's his name? Um, and how did he notice he went to the moon? Yeah, he's an astronaut. Right. He's part of the Apollo 14 crew. So Amazing. Edgar Mitchell said that the moon was harboring as many as 250 million citizens and that, yeah, there's all these cities and operations going and that there were humans on the moon. So, and not just on the, in, you know, the side that we don't see, but even on the visible side. And yeah, just for, since the 1970s, scientists, like especially those Russian guys, have been creating this hypothesis that, that the moon is a spaceship and created by some sort of extraterrestrial life with a really high intelligence. And there was this one um, world-leading UFO research called Timothy Good, who lectures at universities and different organizations. And he says that Former member of the MI6 revealed her conversation with Neil Armstrong at a NASA conference when he confirmed there were other spacecraft on the moon when Apollo 11 landed in 1969. And Armstrong also confirmed the CIA was behind the cover-up. Dr. John Brandenburg, the deputy manager of the Clementine mission to the moon, which was part of a joint space project between the Ballistic Missile Defense Organization and NASA, also made some fascinating revelations. The mission discovered water at the moon's poles, but according to Brandenburg, the Clementine missions had an ulterior agenda. The Clementine mission was a photo reconnaissance mission, basically to check out if someone was building bases on the moon that we didn't know about. Were we expecting them? Of all the pictures I've seen from the moon that show possible structures, the most impressive is a picture of a mile-wide rectolinear structure. This looked unmistakably artificial and it shouldn't be there. As somebody, somebody in the space defense community, I look on such structure on the moon with great concern because it isn't ours. There's no way we could have built such a thing. It means that someone else is up there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is where we come to a CIA officer, and his name is John Lear. He f is a pilot, and he flies. he's flown missions worldwide for the CIA and other government agencies. 
He was a former Nevada state senator candidate and the son of William P. Lear, who was the designer of the Learjet um, executive airplane and the eight-track stereo and founder of the Lear Sigler Corporation. So this Lear, he's kind of famous for exposing the project known as Project Clementine, a.k.a. Project Golden Dragon. Oh, yeah, it's the Golden Dragon. I heard this one. Yeah, so this was a mission set out by NASA, and it was, it was like I said before, it was a mission to orbit the sun and take pictures of the moon for 11 years. And they did this and apparently cataloged millions and millions and millions of photos, but they only released a certain amount to the photos and all of them had been put into a grayscale aspect. So, you know, we were talking about these transient lunar, lunar phenomenon with all these lights and colors and stuff like that. So is that why they decided, like, why did they do it in grayscale? Why didn't they release it to the public in yeah, the original like, color? It would have been a time when they can do quality pictures. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense or why anyone wouldn't question it. Yeah. So that is kind of wrap. That kind of wraps up. Um, I swear I had. You skipped loads of notes, didn't you? No, I swear I had. Um, all yeah. But never mind. So. Yeah, that's kind of everything for the. It, it just like again, we it was a mishmash of a bunch of different things. So sorry if it wasn't very cohesive. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. So what do you think? Let's just summarize the um, the information we got. We have a moon that doesn't act like any of the other moons. It rings like a bell or a gong. It wobbles. It's said to be hollow. It has strange materials on it, processed metals that can only be made through, you know, a... Uh, Inter intervention sort of means like through nuclear fusion or um, those sorts of things. We've had countless reports of strange phenomena going on there, including reports from astronauts and scientists. And it acts in a way, you know, it doesn't spin. It is crucial for life as we know it on Earth. And you know, we only ever see one side of it. NASA refuses to upload the high quality videos that we got. They refuse to leak photos. People who have been part of NASA and the photo collections have come out saying that they were tasked to destroy the photos. Um, and we have this one man claiming that there was that he, when he landed on the moon, he saw cities. Yeah, and like, have they ever released photos of the dark side of the moon? Like, you think that would be a main priority. Right, especially where they sent out a mission for an 11-year orbit of the moon to, cap to capture yeah, photos. Yeah, so why haven't we seen those pictures? Yeah. It's very suspicious. Yeah. And... Even Buzz Aldrin said... 
that there were other spacecraft on the moon when they landed. <laughs> and he was the one that, that was part of the, the famous the famous one in the space race with Neil Armstrong and everyone. Yeah, it's... There's definitely something fishy going on with the moon. The, the thing is, is that there's so many different conspiracies or theories, but like a lot of them are backed up by astronauts, like people who were there. And I, I think it's hard to, and it, you know, deny their experience, but also they are going up against a big boy like NASA yeah. Um, which takes a lot of guts, I think, as well. Um, you know, they'd be getting probably paid off to stay quiet, so they're giving up on that. Um, yeah, or threatened with their life. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I do feel like there's definitely something going on. I've, I have never heard of, like, a whole city on the moon, though. That's mm. definitely new to me, and... You know, it takes a lot to take... That's a lot to take in because, you know, people are out there bouncing around, like there's no gravity, they, they can't breathe out there. This is the illusion that we've been given. Yeah. So what do you think's going on? I definitely think that there is people on the moon and... Um, whether they live there or whether they're observing the Earth, some kind of higher beings very much likely created the thing. I wouldn't think it's humans. Um, I feel like it could have been like a benevolent type of race of beings if they did put it in there to help us not turn on our axis every million years. And um, that's a really nice theory to follow yeah like um my gut instinct says that there's definitely something going on in the moon but what could be many things i don't know yeah i know i'm definitely want to take some more time to just look at the moon and like see it in a different way and you have to get a <laughs> telescope won't we Bella? yeah yeah definitely it could be eyeing that moon up with that telescope we need to see it for ourselves (laughs) i want to see some transient lunar phenomena yeah even if nasa tells me stop looking yeah (laughs) stop it (laughs) but (laughs) nope (laughs) should we do a little carpool we missed out last week yeah i think i just want i think that yeah from this evidence it's it's just too much of a coincidence like what this moon is doing like the fact that it doesn't operate like any of the other you know lunar bodies within our solar system and like what's stopping it from rotating like i don't understand that and i yes yeah, it's, it's crazy and then the fact that if it was like a degree off or anything like changed about it it's it's weight it's gravity it's influence it's position um even the fact that you know we have lunar eclipses and solar eclipses like that for that alignment to happen is such a rare phenomenon and it's it rings like a bell and you know you know scientists are saying it's hollow or at least 
far less dense than we think with possible no core in the middle. Um, so yeah, there's so many strange things and I just believe that yeah, it's got to be some sort of satellite station, some sort of base um, for possibly extraterrestrial life. If the extraterrestrial, I mean, because of the UFO sightings that have been reported by so many um, astronauts, you know, it's not just astronauts who are seeing this, but like jet fighter pilots, even mm. in the high atmosphere reaches of our Earth who are seeing it. You know, I'm, I'm not surprised that the astronauts are seeing it as well. Um, so the fact that they're still seeing those things doesn't make me think that some ancient uh, extraterrestrial civilization put it there and then left or died off. If I feel like they're still here or if it's not the same people, the same beings, then maybe it's different beings. Yeah. Who knows who put it there in the first place? And a lot of this stuff is observed by the astronomers and that's like literally their job is to observe, uh, you know, the moon if that's their focus. So this is people who are constantly observing it as well. It's not just uh, someone who's like, oh, I looked up at the moon and I saw it this that one time. You know, a yeah. lot of these people are specialists. So it really does get you thinking. Yeah. Definitely. So, let's pull some cards. Yeah, so I actually have a deck called Queen of the Moon Oracle. Oh, cool. So, it's literally perfect. Um, and then I pulled out the Tarot deck Dreams of Gaia. I feel like both have spacey What if it was energy. the inner earth peeps? What if the inner earth peeps were the one who... I wouldn't be surprised. ...created this thing. Like, that. It could they could be portaling from inner earth to the moon and that's why oh remember those guys in ecuador when they started honoring neil armstrong remember when yeah he went to the moon he's also wrapped up in inner earth theory yeah so there's obviously a connection there yeah i just pulled a card called the path and could that and it's got a portal in it with a ladder a ladder reaching down to the earth, to the mountains. I don't know, does that look like the earth? It looks more like this. that could be the moon. Oh, maybe. And it's traveling through the port of inner earth that's surrounded by ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, the moon's up there. Oh, right, yeah. And we also got a card called Wisdom. So like Path and Wisdom, you feeling anything from those cards, lover? The Path is interesting. For me, it seems like a bridge or a window. That, and there's this ladder that's just disappearing into the mountains. And it makes me think of like the Shambhala mission. And, um, you know, I just it's giving me links to like inner earth and the moon. Like... That's what I'm really thinking now, that like maybe there is some sort of um, link to inner earth and the moon. Because, you know, the, the legend goes that the people of Shambhala and everyone, you know, they were living on this island. And when the great cataclysm, which could have been a shift of the poles or some sort of like ter extraterrestrial event, not like, you know, some sort of cosmic 
event, they went into the earth and possibly they had the technology to create some sort of stabilizer mm. that kept the earth on track and stopped the mass. I mean, there was a mass extinction, but maybe they kept earth on track enough that we didn't all just die permanently. They, you know, some of us survived and maybe the moon is Noah's Ark. You know how Noah was constructed? She's on a boat. Yeah, she's on a boat. Yeah. Some, like maybe the moon was Noah's Ark because, you know, Noah was constructed to make an ark with all these, with some people and with all the animals and stuff. And who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe the moon is a big spaceship. And yeah. Noah was the one who had to send it up because, you know, the beings... Um, the Noah's Ark story comes from Sumeria and Sumeria is known for its legends about weird spaceships and beings from another planet and hmm. the Anunnaki the, the, and the mystif- mystical uh, missing planet known as Nibiru which is planet X which the astronomers call planet X so hmm, interesting theory and when we think about like some of the descriptions of um, angels and stuff in the Bible it said that God rode on a chariot in the sky. And, you know, the gods rode on these chariots in the sky. Could be spaceships. Yeah. Who knows? So, yeah. I noticed as well, like, the numbers 22 on the cards. One of the cards is 22 and one is 8. And, you know, you think 8 is the number of power it's the number of like the entrepreneur like the powerful the um the boss of things right the controller in a sense and then you've got 22 which is like a master number but it's like the builder the builder of huge ideas and concepts that the, they're called the master builder and you know they 22 is the energy of thinking up concepts that like benefit the whole and um you know it's a very doing it for the collective that 22 Mm. helps channel ideas that that are so big it takes a whole collective to embrace and like it made me think straight away about was the moon put here in order to help us as uh, collective um, to evolve you mm. know so that we will be able to space travel and all these things in mm. the future and given in mind we um, stay on the right path and look after our planet um, and I feel like there is kind of that battle there between the 8 and the 22 because the 8 can be very money hungry power hungry so it's like walk, walking that fine line between the two can can we tap into these big ideas of the 22 and evolve and move forward or are we going to fall down that path of the eight yeah and that's what you know that's one of the big legend um for our future in term in like the ufo alien community is the timelines which timeline are we going to go down um I grabbed Destiny from the Dreams of Gaia Oracle, and it's uh, 16. 
Okay, so, well, the tarot card. Destiny. But in it is um, this stone circle. I mean, stone standing stone structure. And it's like a gateway. And through the gateway is this portal. And there's this egg above it, which makes me think of, like, creation, like, birth. There's these snakes around. Um, but... Yeah, destiny into the stars, into the moon, who knows? And faith, there's this, which is 24, and it's this woman riding on the back of the turtle with these animals, which just makes me think of Noah's Ark again. <laughs> and maybe the that this faith, that there is something more to the moon, and maybe... Noah did bring a bunch of animals up into space. Yeah. To create it has got these Noah cities. Vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a really interesting podcast, and maybe some of those messages that we got from the cards resonated with you guys, or just helped. It helped us at least sort of pull together some of the energies um, with some messages from spirit over this subject. I feel always nice to do that yeah guys all right so um let us know what you thought about this episode and we will we are recording these episodes a couple weeks in advance i'm heading to london for a couple weeks but we won't you won't be missing any episodes because um by the time you hear this i'll be back in france with helki so Until next time, who knows what we'll do next, and we'll see you guys in a week. Yeah, see you soon. Bye.